Welcome to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries, a Christ-centered conversation that will encourage and inspire you to live a better life. Now let's join Galen Jones of James Group Ministries. Welcome. You're listening to Hacks for Life. I'm Galen Jones, your host, and I'm here with Scott Rahi, and we're going to pick up a conversation uh, from our last conversation and uh, try to button this up on um, the idea of progressive revelation. That we hear from God today. God still speaks to us today. Yeah, God still speaks to us today. Yeah. And I kind of derailed us on our last conversation. No, no, you you put us back on the rails. I appreciate your doing that. Oh, okay. It was very nice. As long as I, you know, have some kind of important... And I want to compliment you at the outset. People don't know this that listen to this, obviously, but when we do these podcasts, we get together, we'll do three or four at once, and then we'll be a couple of weeks, but then we'll do some more. And every time we get together, it takes about eight or ten times for you to lead into the introduction. And uh, we're just sitting here laughing, and we can't get it straight. But you've now done two in a row where you only needed one lead in. So I'm not sure yeah. if yeah, we'll I'm see. I'm getting if, bitter. It's progressive. We'll see if I'll be a progressive restaurant. I'm impressed yeah. with that. Yeah. So anyway. okay. My stuff, I just, it's, I'm so hopelessly lost, I could never recover anyway. So, uh-huh. so here's where we're going to start. I wanted to shift a little bit with and talk a little bit about um, miracles, um, the idea that anytime God has revealed Himself in history, they are, they're always accompanied by miracles, and I'm convinced that miracles um, have been used as sort of a um, a stamp of authenticity that what's happening is is indeed from God. And what, what I mean by that is, you know, if you there are skeptics that say I could never believe the Bible. It's full of talking snakes and talking donkeys. And what's funny is there's been one there's one time that a donkey talked and it was God gave Balaam's donkey the ability to speak. Mm-hmm. And um, because Balaam was trying to violate God's law and he was trying to make the donkey walk past an angel that Balaam couldn't see. And then there's one time that a serpent talked and that was Satan in, in Genesis. But to talk, listen to people say, it's just the whole Bible is just filled with fairy tales and all this. It's really not. If you read the Bible, you'll find very limited miracles, very limited periods of time where there seems to be um, activity you know, of that nature. And what you find is anytime God's making a change, you find miracles accompanying. Anytime there's new revelation coming out, there's miracles that come along with it. And you find that, you know, for instance, in, in the creation itself, there are miracles tied to that because it's the beginning of the world. And then you find that when God is um, establishing Abraham, there are miracles surrounding that. And when you when um, God is giving the law to Moses, there's a series of miracles when he's liberating the, the Israelites from Egypt and when he's given the law at Sinai and then Fast forward to the time of the exile, and there are miracles around, you know, Elijah and Elisha, and sort of dealing with it with Israel whenever they were um, far away from God and when they've been in bondage, and, and getting them back to their homeland. And then the obvious one for us is when Jesus is uh, comes to Earth, and the miracles around his birth, and the life that he led, and the miracles he conducted, and then he, obviously his death and resurrection, and the founding of the early church. And there's there's a whole bunch of miracles tied around that. Um, and I think miracles are intended as a, like I said, a stamp of authenticity to say, God's revealing something new here. And this is how you know it comes from God. And I think, I forget where it is. It's in the book of John, I think. Um, and I believe I've quoted it before where people would 
at, you know, they would they would challenge Jesus. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, look, believe what I say, or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles that I'm doing, mm-hmm. that I'm really, you know, I really am who I claim to be. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, Jesus himself is saying the miracles in this case are used to authenticate my message. Yeah. And, and that, that is uh, uh, in John, there's a uh, a text in John that uh, John chapter 20, uh, mm-hmm. verses 30 and 31, uh, it's, he says, um, and this is John speaking, says, therefore, many other signs or wonders, yeah. the, the miracles, Jesus also performed in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Yeah, exactly so, I mean, right. just yeah, That's yeah. why. And, and, and the, the Gospel of John has also been said the Gospel of signs, because you yeah, have sure. – you have the 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 seven signs in John, starting from the water to, to uh, wine at the mm-hmm. wedding, and then ends up with the the resurrection. Right. Um, right. So, uh, yeah, I, I I think Scripture lays that out. That, Seems to lay that, that out. That yeah. there, these weren't just random things that that God was doing. And the reason we bring that up is this notion of if God still speaks to us in a supernatural way, not through Scripture, but in other ways. If he's doing that today, it should be accompanied by legitimate miracles, miracles that you can't, you really can't question or challenge. Yeah. And I, you know, I know there are people out there today that are claiming to do miracles. I'm thinking of one guy who, um, he's a fairly popular minister, I won't give his name, who says that he has the ability to do miracles, and they filmed him um, on the street, I believe it's in downtown Manhattan. It's on it's on Broadway, I think. And he's just walking up to a guy and saying, "Do you have problems with your back?" Oh yeah, my back always hurts. And he has him sit down. He goes, "I'm gonna. Your problem is one of your legs is shorter than the other, so I'm gonna lengthen. God's gonna lengthen one of your legs, and you'll watch it happen." And you actually see the film, and he's, he's it looks like the leg is lengthening. And there was a guy that filmed that took that film, and he did he moved it in fast forward. He moved it backwards and forwards and backwards and forwards. There's a movie called American Gospel. Um, and this film is in that movie. It's uh-huh. a segment of that. Okay. And so this is a movie about the American Gospel is a movie about sort of the health and wealth gospel oh, okay. and sort of addressing that. We'll talk about it here in just a minute. Okay. But in there, there's this guy that's doing miracles. And what you see when you see the fast forwarding is his hand is the hand the foot that's supposed to be moving. What he's doing is he's subtly manipulating the other foot and making it appear that the other foot is growing. Making appear that the one foot is grown, but it's just him moving and twisting the ankle just barely, and it's really obvious when you watch it in fast forward. But he claims to be doing these miracles, and so mm-hmm. he's saying, "Trust me, my word is from God because I'm doing these miracles." Yeah. So my question is, I mean, he he even agrees with the principle. I'm gonna I'm giving revelation from God, and you should trust me because I'm doing miracles. Right. The question is, are the miracles today still happening, so that we can trust people who claim to do them? that they really are telling us new revelation from God. And I think the Bible is pretty clear that we're not getting new revelation from God. So I don't believe the miracles are occurring. And I want to walk through a particular passage in Acts, which I think, for me anyway, is very, you know, this is all about me being persuaded. This mm-hmm. is a very persuasive passage to me. And it's in, it's in Acts chapter 8, and it's when uh, Philip had been preaching in Samaria. So let me read it first, and then let's talk. Is this through. where Simon is? Yeah, yeah. Simon the sorcerer. Okay. Yeah. okay. So yeah. let's. Which, let me... which is interesting that you got a sorcerer here that knows oh, yeah. how to do. Oh yeah. He knows how to do some things. Oh and yeah. I, I don't know how much of this you're going to read, but it's really a good. It's an story. interesting. You know, it's re- you know just that brings me back to 
when when Moses did the ten the ten plagues on Egypt, the first three I think were copied by the sorcerers mm-hmm. from Egypt. Yep, they yep. successfully replicated them. Like, wow, okay, I don't remember that. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, so let's start with verse four here, and here's what here's what. Now this uh, is Acts chapter chapter eight, verse four, okay. and this is Luke obviously writing it. Um, now those who were scattered about, uh, sorry, those who were scattered went about preaching the word. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed to them the Christ. And the crowds with one accord paid attention to what was being said by Philip when they heard him and saw the signs that he did. For unclean spirits crying out with a loud voice came out of many who had them, and many who were paralyzed or lame were healed. So there was much joy in that city. But there was a man named Simon who had previously practiced magic in the city and amazed the people of Samaria, saying that he himself was somebody great. They all paid attention to him from the least to the greatest, saying, this is this man is the power of God that is called great. And they paid attention to him because for a long time he had amazed them with his magic. Again, even even in this case, the magic is used to authenticate the message of somebody you know, mm-hmm. in, in Simon's yeah. case. Yeah. Uh, continuing with verse 12. But when they believed Philip, as he preached good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus Christ, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip, and seeing signs and great miracles performed, he was amazed. <laughs> um, now, when the apostles at, Jer- at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. Then they laid their hands on them, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw that the Spirit was given through the laying on of the apostles' hands, he offered them money, saying, Give me this power also, so that anyone on whom I lay my hands may receive the Holy Spirit. But Peter said to him, May your silver perish with you, because you thought you could obtain the gift of God with money. You have neither part nor lot in this matter, for your heart is not right before God. Repent, therefore, of this wickedness of yours, and pray to the Lord that, if possible, the intent of your heart may be forgiven you. For I see that you are not in the gall of bitterness. Oh, sorry, I see that you are in the gall of bitterness and in the bond of iniquity. And Simon answered, Pray for me to the Lord that nothing of what you have said may come upon me. Now that's a that's a long passage, and there's a lot in there. But I think what that tells me. I think that this this story on its own tells me certain things. Um, it's my belief that Jesus obviously could do miracles, and who who when Jesus gave his apostles the ability to do miracles, it appears that he also gave them the ability to hand off the the, the ability to do miracles to other people. So an apostle could you know if I was around, they could give me the ability to do miracles. Yeah, let's they, say let's say if I were Jesus, I could. Give you the power right. of the Holy Spirit right. to do what I'm doing. Yep. But then, that wouldn't that would not mean that I would then have the ability to give it to the next person. You can't pass it on. But pass, I have the you ability, can't pay it forward. Like I can speak in tongues or I can, you know, heal people or whatever it is, but that doesn't mean I can the next guy come in and say, Hey, do you want the ability to heal people? And I'm gonna give you the ability to heal people. This passage seems to indicate, you know, when Philip says 
going back to verse 12, but when they believed Philip that he preached as he preached the good news about the kingdom of God and the name of Jesus, they were baptized, both men and women. Even Simon himself believed, and after being baptized, he continued with Philip. Then you say, now when the apostles at Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent them to Peter and John, or they sent to them Peter and John, who came down and prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not yet fallen on any of them, but they had only been baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. We know from Acts 2 that when people are baptized, they receive the Holy Spirit. I mean, that's what Acts 2 says to us. It's, you know, in, I think it's verse 36, 37, men and brethren, what shall we do? Peter says, repent ye and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. I think that having the gift of the Holy Spirit is the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. It's that stamp that says, you belong to me now. But I think what we're hearing here, so I think when people were baptized in Samaria, they received that stamp of the Holy Spirit saying, you belong to me now. They were saved people. Peter and John had to go to Samaria to convey the ability for them to perform miracles. They couldn't do miracles. Yeah, because obviously Philip couldn't pass Philip it on couldn't because pass it on. he didn't do it. Right. John and Peter had to go down yeah. in order to give them this ability. And then what does Simon want? Well, Simon's a baptized person. Simon received along with everybody else that was baptized, the ability to do miracles from Peter and John, but he was not satisfied with that. He wanted to pay Peter so that he could also have the additional gift to hand off miracles to other people, which tells me that just by him receiving the miracles, he can't hand off the miracles. He can just do them. Right. So the logical conclusion of that is the last person who received the ability to perform miracles from one of the apostles, when that person died... There were no other people that could do miracles at that point. And that's what I would call cessationism. It's the, the ending of the period of time when miracles occurred. From that point on, I don't think people, I'm not, I'm not saying God can't perform miracles. I think he does all the time. I think every time, you know, someone's, you know, goes in and finds that they have a bad diagnosis and they pray and, and, you know, they find that they're healed. I think mm-hmm. that's a miracle from God mm-hmm. and God can create, do any miracles he wants to. I just don't think God gives the ability for me to perform deliberate miracles. I can't go go down to the local funeral home and raise somebody from the dead. I can't go to the hospitals. And you wonder this a lot because you see a lot of these people on TV, like a Benny Hinn or a Kenneth Copeland, and they're always saying they do these miracles. I wonder why, if they're able to legitimately do miracles, don't they spend all their time up at St. Jude's Hospital with these little children? That have, why are they on TV demanding money and driving, you know, flying these rich planes around and stuff like that? Um, a little bit different than it was in the first. It's century. a little bit different, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a little bit different. So that's why I think, I think this passage tells me that miracles aren't being handed off, and they're not for the modern day. I think it was something that occurred in the first century. It accompanied the revelation from God um, for the new thing that He was doing, the creation of the church. But it's not something that we should expect today. Given that that's the case, I don't think that there's an accompanying new revelation from God. I think what we have to turn to is Scripture. And I think, you know, just as a last point, and it's, I think it's a really important one, people today who say God tells them things, you'll hear that a lot of times. I've, I've sat in church service. You know, I had, there was a guy several weeks ago, we were visiting a church, and a guy gets up and he says, God told me this morning that I needed to talk about this topic, and I he told me there was going to be somebody in the audience that was you know con- contemplating suicide. I'm like, no, God didn't tell you that. Okay, maybe you believe me. I'm not saying people can't convince themselves of these things, but I don't think that 
progressive revelation in the sense that God continues to tell people new things is sustainable. And here's here's a test I think that we that we need to think about. If God just speaks to us individually and says, I've got something to tell you, then how do I know that when you tell me that God said that to you, how do I know that he really did? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. The Mormons, when they come to your door and they knock on the door and they want you to consider Mormonism, um, their metric, their their method to sort of see if someone is has been persuaded is they'll give you the Book of Mormon to read. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say they want you to pray and they want you to see if you feel a, they call it a burning in the bosom. Do you feel this burning in the bosom that persuades you that the Book of Mormon is right? And it's supposed to be this internal feeling. And they say, this is God telling you that the Book of Mormon is right. Well, that's not a good judge of what's true. I mean, I don't mean, I'm not trying to, to, you know, speak down to anybody. I just don't think that's a good judge of what's true. Hitler had a very strong, he was very convinced that killing the Jews was, you know, how he was going to. You know, do right. It was the by right God. thing to do. Uh-huh. Yeah, and there are there are loads of people out there. You you look at the Inquisition. You look at all things throughout history, the Crusades. God told us to do this, and it's not at all in line with what God's truth is, yep. unless you can find it in Scripture. Then we're going to suddenly find ourselves with absolutely no truth. It's just everybody believes what they want, just like at the very end of the book of judges everybody did what was right in, in their own, own heart eye. and that was not or in their own eye that was not written to sort of praise anybody that was a description of chaos and people that were just hopelessly floundering lost out there and i think we need to be very careful that we don't listen to people who say hey i've got new revelation hey i've got miracles that show this because these miracles i think are false miracles i don't think you know, i believe in psychosomatic people you know people think that they're healed and that does, your mind can do a lot of things mm-hmm. and people may look like they're healed and i'm not discounting that but i don't think it's god that's doing this healing through an individual and i don't think you take that as a marker that this person's been been healed yeah. now and i do want to say one thing I know good Christian people that do believe that miracles are still happening. There are two authors that I really respect. One's name is Craig Keener, and he wrote a book called Miracles. And there's another one named J.P. Moreland. I respect the heck out of both of these guys. They're very dedicated Christians. They're people that I rely on for a lot of the apologetic stuff, like the the philosophy of mind that we went through. Mm -hmm. A lot of that I learned from J.P. Moreland. Um, I really respect the guy, but he believes in miracles. I don't think that someone who believes in miracles, I don't think that necessarily means that you're not saved. I want to be clear about that. Somebody can have a different view about this. I'm expressing what my view is and what I think is true, and I'm I'm expressing what I believe some of the problems that you get into are with it. Mm -hmm. But I don't want anybody to say, okay, so you believe in miracles, you're not my brother in Christ anymore. It's okay to have a, you know, the the principle is, um, you know, we, we love to divide and build walls between ourselves so much. Um, and the the phrase that I've heard, which helps me a lot, is in essentials, unity, in non-essentials, liberty, in all things, love. I think in all things, charity is mm-hmm. how it is. I consider miracles to be non-essentials in the sense of, am I a saved person or not? Mm-hmm. And so I think it's okay to have a divergent opinion about it, but I'm just expressing mine. I believe it's, and I personally think you 
make it more difficult for yourself whenever you say miracles are still happening because then the Mormons can say, okay, then my burning in the bosom is legitimate. Mm-hmm. You know, that sort of a thing. And I, yeah. it's just a hard thing to do. Well, you know, I think it's important to how you're defining miracle because I don't hear you saying that, you know, some we could pray that somebody is healed and they're healed. I, we we yep. ask for it. But it's not the same process. It's not the yeah. – the, the, um, it doesn't mirror what is happening like in John or what oh, yeah. Jesus right. did. I right. mean, it, it just – and I've always been of the position that, you know, God can do whatever miracle he wants to do anytime that he wants to right. do it. He doesn't need me to be there to to implement the miracle. Right. It's somebody does, does that, that says <laughs> somebody that says I am God's representative on earth and I'm going to put my hand on you and there's some sort of magic or some sort of miraculous ability. I don't want to use the word magic. Um, miraculous ability that I have that God's given me to heal you or to do something, you know, give you the ability to speak in tongues or whatever. That does not that person I would be very cautious of. Yeah. And yeah, and I don't. JP J. Moreland doesn't do that. Neither does Craig Keener, as far as I know. So, I'm really not. Ta- I'm not putting them in right. that camp. Right. You know. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I just wanted to go through that really, really quick. I thought it would only take a couple of times. So how about next time? Let's turn to. I want to look at at some of the historical. Um, begin sort of digging into that. The first topic I'd like to spend time on is: Were the New Testament documents written early? Because a lot of the liberal scholars today will say they were written fairly late. Mm-hmm. You know, quite a time, quite a bit of time passed between the events and the writing of the documents, and yeah. I don't think that's true. I yeah. think you can make a good case that they were written early, and I, I want to sort of walk through that. Well, and you know, some of them will say that it was the early church that actually wrote them. It, oh yeah, it wasn't yeah. you know. So like we in get three, four hundred. Yeah, when we push them way you out, start making uh, stuff up, uh, then yeah. it, got, it gets kind of wild. So yeah. okay, yeah. look forward to it. You bet. You've been listening to Hacks for Life with Galen Jones of James Group Ministries. The James Group is a nonprofit, Christ centered organization that seeks to serve the community by offering skilled caring support for anyone in need. For help, call 972 243 4673. That's 972-243-4673. For questions and comments, email Galen at jamesgroupministries.net. That's G-A-L-O-N at jamesgroupministries.net. Thanks for listening. Join us next time for another Hacks for Life with Galen Jones.